Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show here at Nerd Herder. I am your so herd leader, long. John Wayne. I've been your herd mom, Megan. It's been 84 years. It actually, it, it hasn't. It's been that <laughs> long since we've done one on the day it's supposed to be done. <laughs> but uh, life is waterfall. We're once in the river of once again after the fall. Anyway, John, so welcome, guys. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Just stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood waterfall cast. Uh, I am your, <laughs> your drippy host, John Wayne. <laughs> I'm a tepid puddle of water under an ice cube. Megan. <laughs> <laughs> the suspense was killing me. Uh, no, but anyway, hi, welcome to uh, the Star Wars podcasts that uh, can never just stay on topic and just, yeah. we, we uh, just have way too much fun with this. <laughs> a life without Star Wars podcast is like stepping into an ice puddle caused by, you know, ice that fell out of the ice dispenser on the floor of the kitchen that you didn't kick under the fridge. It's like stepping in that, but with socks. So inconvenient. That's what life without Star Wars podcast is. Luckily, you don't have to live like that because you're listening to Nerd Herder, so... It's been a full minute and people don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If this is your first episode, I'm sorry. Welcome to the party. We're so sorry. This is what um, every episode's this, like. This is the madness. I mean, we spend we spend like an hour talking about Star Wars, so of course the rest of it just has to be mind-meldingly weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... Today is a fun one. Um, later on, we're going to have a great interview with Michael Morisi, um, uh, the awesome author of... Just a stand-up guy. Yeah, he's a great dude. Um, and he has written Star Wars comics. He has written so many other comics. Uh, and we're specifically going to talk to him a lot about the new novel that he released that, if you love Star Wars, is definitely a must-read, mm -hmm. highly recommended from us. Even if you don't love Star Wars, it's just a great book. Well, if you are if you don't love Star Wars, why are, are you, you listening? listening to this? Uh, but <laughs> if you do love Star Wars, yeah, um, it's We Are Mayhem, and it's a sequel to Black Star Renegades. Both of those books are amazing. They're greatly affordable over on Amazon, but we're actually giving away two free copies, so hopefully if you're here to listen to that greatness, uh, you'll get that later. But even if you don't win, we do really, really recommend it, um, and we're going to have a link uh, for you to order it uh, on Amazon in the description of this episode in case you don't win, mm -hmm. uh, or in case you didn't know about the giveaway and would just like to get it for yourself. Yeah. But um, before that, we do actually have some news. I mean, you'd think we covered everything after Celebration, but it's, there is a little bit of news. It's the first news dump in months. Not that first. In weeks. It, in a few days, in really. Days. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do have some news to talk about, and wow, you guys really loved the uh, Q&A that we put out uh, this week, so we've got a uh, really interesting Q&A ahead of us. Yeah. Um, and I'll go ahead and say we got, uh, again, a lot of response, a lot of great response. Yeah. So if you don't hear your question answered or asked on this one, just know that uh, we're spreading it out over the next couple of episodes just because yeah. we got a lot of attention so yeah and i will also say when we get to comic news yes we did read that issue we're not going to talk we're about not going to talk a about lot. it i mean a lot. We'll, we'll we'll i'll sum up i'll sum up something but we're we're not going to join the bandwagon of jumping jumping on that that's that's where we'll leave it but yeah in in an effort to kind of not create a flame war yeah, the, between the, two factions. The, we're, we're the just big not thing, the big thing is that we just it. we don't want to get drug into a big distracting yeah battle. We'll we'll share what we think, but we're not we're not 
That, and that's really going to be all we're going to say on it. But yes. anyway. Um, but yeah, so speaking of that, to get to that, we have news. We have news, yeah. John. You remember how I said we were going to have more news other than Battlefront? We kind of do. We kind of do, a little <laughs> but bit. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of Battlefront. It's a little bit of Battlefront. Gaming news. Uh, Battlefront. Uh, John, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? What about it? They're not paying attention. Poor Kiati Mundi. Poor baby. <laughs> uh, so Capital Supremacy is expanded to Kashyyyk. Woo! Woo! A planet name so nice they put three Ys in it for right. some reason. Right, so nice it's got three Ys. <laughs> the Clone Wars will be fighting on the Kachir Kachiro? Kachiro. Don't you don't have to think about it too hard. It it there are several words in Star Wars where it's just, it literally is just what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Kachiro Beach. Uh, like it's Rodian. the it's the same beach that we see in Episode Three that the droids uh, attack. So. Gotcha. Good relationship with the Wookies you have. Yes, actually, Good. they're very comfy to to cuddle with. Oh man, snuggles. Uh, don't think this map is exactly the same as before though. Uh, while it's based on the Kashyyyk map from Galactic Assault, we have made some changes. They have made some changes for it to function <laughs> better in Capital Supremacy. Can you tell where we got our source? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited about this because I love... Uh, I got to play Capital Supremacy with Ryan last weekend. We're going to be playing some more this weekend. So, if you're on, on PlayStation, yeah, join join us. Um, yeah. I really love the gameplay. And so, I, I love Geonosis. Mm-hmm. But I'm I don't know what it is, but I'm kind of in that phase where it's like I just really want to see other elements. So I'm I was really glad when they announced very quickly this is going to expand to other maps because again I love Geonosis, but it just feels like I, I've seen a lot of Geonosis, and I'd like to see um, some new elements brought to the other maps. And starting with Kashyyyk, I'm excited because Kashyyyk's one of my favorite. Yeah. So in Pouty John news. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In preparation for May the 4th, in a in only a few days... Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're adding Leia's iconic A New Hope appearance into Battlefront. Princess of Alderaan! Yes. Uh, this appearance will be visible from the collection screen once the update goes live, and this isn't just a regular appearance drop. To unlock this iconic look, players must take part in an in-game event by capturing command posts in Capital Supremacy. The May the 4th special event will begin on May 1st and run until May 6th. More details to come. John, where are you going to be? Uh, for most of that, I'm going to be out of town. Yay! Um, luckily, Wednesday and Thursday I'll be able to do it, but I'm going to have to probably go ham on playing. Because what I imagine it is, yeah. is you have to collect a certain amount of nodes, mm-hmm. or you have to participate in collecting a certain amount of nodes. Um, but because it's going on for so long, I'm thinking it's going to be a very large number. So you're not sleeping for a few days. I might not. I mean, it sounds silly, but I love this appearance, and yeah. I've been waiting for them to introduce this appearance for Leia for a while. So it, what you're telling me is that it's a bad time for me to get days gone. Right. So I'm just not going to play it for a few <laughs> exactly. days. Exactly. Uh, sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I they just didn't announce if there's going to be an alternative way to earn the skin, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of just going to have to suck it up and, and do that. But, okay. yeah. Most of the days I'm I'm out of town because yeah. they continue to look at my work schedule when announcing these events for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just, you know, play through Days Gone in a couple hours. You well you can you can you can do that while I'm out of town. There I will. Go. I will be 
staring at Sam Witwer's bearded face for a few hours. Um, so, Fallen Order news! Woo! Finally, something Yay! else. Another game to talk about. Uh, pre-orders, pre-orders, pre-orders are up now for Jedi Fallen Order, both the regular and the deluxe edition. Uh, you can follow the link in the description of this episode to pre-order either either version, and you'll be supporting this show at no extra cost, other than the price of the game, but nah. Yeah, I mean, basically, you buy the game, but you support yeah. the show. Yeah, and it is available for PC and PS4. And Xbox. And Xbox. Okay. Yeah, it seems to be on all, all platforms. Now, we linked to... Is it on Commodore 64? No. We linked to uh, the PlayStation version just because you can go from there to the other versions. Um, otherwise, we would have several links and we only have so much space we can use in the description yeah um so we link to the playstation one but you can easily go from there to another one as long as you use one of the links in the description you support the show Mm -hmm. uh that's how the amazon support works and so for those that have used that we greatly appreciate uh you and um so but yeah if you can't do patreon but if you're already picking up this game or other Star Wars things, mm-hmm. make sure you're always checking the links in the description because you can get the stuff you normally get and support the show. Yeah. So, there you go. That's that's all I'll say about it. Yeah. So... We did get the deluxe edition, though, so yes, there you go. Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, man. We've only got one PS4 and one game. What are we going to do about it, John? What do you mean? Are we going to do the what? switch off? Like, you die, I play. I die, you play. Yeah, probably. Like my, like or, or we'll just play to it do. together on our YouTube channel. Or... That's a plug. That's a plug. <laughs> anyway. What's that in the wall? Oh, it's a plug. <laughs> um, so, comic news. Woo! Finally. Uh, out this week, Dr. Aphra number 31. It's great. It's so good. Galaxy's Edge number one of five. It's great. I haven't read that this one. This one, this, I really, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and this, I know not everybody's into the whole, like, oh, they're, coming out with a park and they're releasing books and comics all about it. But I love the lore that they're introducing with it. So this is right up my alley and the first one kicks off really well with being what I expect but also just um set, kind of paving the way of how much I'm going to enjoy the rest of these episodes. So an episode uh issues. So um I thought it was really great. I'd been looking forward to it and so um yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So yeah, the other one you already mentioned, Darth Vader, Dark Visions, number three. This five. one caused a lot of controversy, and all we're going to say about it is uh, that we, on first reading, did not have the same perspective and opinion as many others, and the that perspective is an understandable one. Yes. I think... We definitely understand where people are coming from right uh now here's the thing there's a couple of things chuck windig even went on twitter if you don't know this series of uh this darth vader comic series replaced the series he was writing he was fired and they threw out his series and quickly hired someone else and started filling in chuck windig said that and if you go back and listen to when we first announced his series this was originally meant to be a male morgue attendant on the death star who gets a little too close to Vader. Yeah. What it sounds like is they basically took the simple premise of Windig's plot and completely rewrote it in a poorer way. Um, Dennis Hallam, who wrote it, uh, has shared multiple times it is not his intention that it come across that way, but he... Here's what I can respect about him. 
he's going to lengths to hear people out and yeah. understand the negative perspective. And that should be praised. Um, you know, regardless of the fact that it, it happened, but at least he seems to be aware and listening and learning from that. That's mm -hmm. the most you can kind of hope for in this uh, difficult situation. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, because of the controversy it's caused, it is enough of a problem. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, it, you know, you said something, you didn't mean it, but it's caused such a problem that it doesn't matter what you meant to say, it's that you said it and that's out there now. Yeah. And with this story, it's like, again, praising Dennis Hallam for trying to see the other side and recognizing that he wasn't aware that of... He did an oopsie, yes. Yeah, he messed up and he said that. So while I'm glad that he's willing to do that, you know, it it, it is one of those things where it's like his intent aside or the team's intent aside, it still happened. It still yeah, started. It's, it's still it, out there. Right. So it's it's a difficult one. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing to do is, is politely and respectively doing what many are doing and reaching out to Dennis mm -hmm. and others who had a part in creating this comic and uh, putting, it, putting it out there and just making them aware of your perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think that's the... That's the only way these sorts of things change is when you say, clearly you weren't thinking of a particular group of people or clearly you weren't thinking of how this represented a particular group of people. So being part of that particular group of people, yeah. let me help you see that. And let, why let this... share my opinion in a respectful manner. Right. And and here's why, for me, it's problematic. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's okay to let people know when... Right. But stuff like and, that and the, reason, the reason we just say, you know politely and respectfully, is I know it's not a great look for Marvel Comics, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it, attacking the fort doesn't necessarily make it, mm -hmm. it doesn't fix it. Yeah. Uh, a, a, it just an honest kind of dialogue, paints you in a negative light. Right. But an honest dialogue yes. helps, you know, it's, again, it's not going to take this comic away, but it helps future comics. Yeah. It helps future storytelling. It helps future Star Wars. So... Yeah. Despite of where you fall on the fence, you know, that's our opinion, is that it's bad, it happened, the author is thankfully trying to see the other side and see the side that he uh, wasn't aware of, um, and ultimately, I mean, it's yeah. it's a misstep. Yeah, and I will say something positive about this issue. The art style is lovely. <laughs> yeah, I... I like the kind of Victorian painting style they yeah. do for her visions. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was really interesting. And so yeah. the uh, there's a lot of elements in this that, you know, and the author it, has done yeah. other great things. The artists have done other great things. You know, it, there's a lot in here that could have ended. It could it, have been better. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's our take. That's yeah. honestly the most we're willing to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because, again, we want to be about spreading and encouraging positivity mm -hmm. and now if there's a serious dialogue we can have with creators on this that's a different story but we're not going to join in any conversations ba bashing the author we're not going to bash the people that are uh the, you know the the uh, strong female fans that are offended by the you know we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna join yeah. a side or anything we're we, also not gonna engage in a dialogue with the people who are bashing the people who were that's what i mean this. yeah yeah like we're not taking any of those sides yeah. um but we we didn't want to not at least share 
our perspective on yeah. it and the fact that you know we are aware this was a problem so um yeah. but that's that i do i do recommend if you need something to cleanse your palate of that and recognize that <laughs> there are great darth vader stories yes uh we highly recommend the kieran gillen series of darth vader comics or the charles soul mm -hmm. series of darth vader comics we're actually going to be talking about some of those next week on your youtube channel hey. so um it you know you but yeah took on my cat bug voice there for a second <laughs> But uh, Dr. Aphra and Galaxy's Edge were great. Yes. So that's 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 good news. Yes. Um, I also got a new Genji Ito book. That was a pretty good comic news. Oh, there you go. It's not new. It was written well, it's new to a you. long time ago. It was new to me. Yeah. It had my favorite one in it, the red turtleneck. Hmm. Well, in other good <laughs> comic news... I just wanted to steer away from that conversation as quick as possible. So, at Celebration, it was announced that Kevin Scott will be taking a return trip to his creepy and acclimated Tales from Vader's Castle, uh, with a new series launching in October. Yeah. Well, obviously, that's when it was last time. Halloween lives in my heart all year round. Well, you're so, weird. Like, the, no, but I'm for, not. But for the rest of the population, where Halloween is associated with the day yeah. in which it takes place, um, this is a great way to celebrate it. Uh, and the thing is, I mean, it's going to be a month of issues like it was last time. Yeah. It, when the doctor takes his stethoscope and puts it up to listen to my heart, all he hears is... Da -na 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 -na. <laughs> um, I am so glad for this. We said pretty quickly we wanted this to become a tradition, uh, even if it's not always Tales from Vader's Castle, although mm -hmm. it seems this is a continuation of that, and that's fine. Um, but looking yeah. in the long term, I'd like this sort of storytelling... Give me more spooky. ...expanded elsewhere. But yeah, I think this is a great way to continue to... I mean, we... We... we uh, uh, well... Not all of it ended up on the show later. We, I, By the way, spoiler alert, we've already interviewed Michael. <laughs> um, but We're time travelers. Exactly. But, you know, it didn't all end up there. But we, I mean, we spent another, like, 15 minutes talking about horror. Because yeah. next to Star Wars, we love horror. That's why we're starting a horror podcast soon. Uh, but... May 13th. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a great way to... Uh, continue down that road that i mean star wars and horror can go hand in hand mm -hmm. if done well yeah you know so i am excited Absolutely. for this i mean we love kevin scott so i mean just watch the holiday special especially the one where the grandpa's watching that lady oh yeah that's scary <laughs> 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 just thinking about it and I, I need to bleach my eyeballs um so speaking of kevin scott actually buke news just a reminder that dooku jedi lost is out next week Woo. And we also have a link for that. You can order it through the description, and you'll be supporting the show with your purchase at no extra charge. Also, Audible. Yeah, so here's the thing. If you have an Audible, um, then you can go ahead and um, purchase this. Now, if you don't have an Audible and you would like this book or this novella, I don't know what to call it. Um, if you'd like this and you don't have book. Audible, you can also sign up for Audible through the description. So if you have it, cool you can order the you can go ahead and order the book if you don't have it cool go ahead and get your audible on us and make your first credit purchase this thing because we yeah. we we just we, there's the excerpt that just released uh there's a lot of the behind the scenes promo that they've shown all of it goes to make it even more exciting than it already is i mean you're yeah. basically getting a star wars story in audio form. I mean, it's a full cast. It's it's incredible. And again, Kevin Scott, great dude, great author, and so I think his work shines in this as well. 
Yeah. Um, so that's book news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galaxy's Edge news, John. Yeah. Are you excited? I, well, no, because this doesn't apply to me. It doesn't apply to us. But, um... Dinulian. I mean, I'm excited when it comes to Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a conversation we had with Michael. Like, Anaheim, they're getting... They're well, getting D- Disney first. Yeah. The jerks. Well, I mean, so it's closer to home for them. Um... Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he mentioned, like, you know, Star Wars Celebration and Galaxy's Edge in the same trip. That That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so, who knows? Yeah, it opens <laughs> May 31st at Disneyland. Yes. Which... So, to clarify, okay. we're talking about in California. Disneyland and Disney World are two completely different parks. I wish people would understand that. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're never sorry. But, like, it, it bugs me when people call Disney World Disneyland. Tell. Anyway, so guests can begin making reservations on May 2nd at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. The, They're you can, already booked. You can access the website at 8 a.m., but you can't start booking until 10 a.m. Yeah. I, uh. Uh, until June 24th, visitors will need a reservation and a regular admission ticket to get a glimpse inside the new themed land. Uh... Guests looking to guarantee a reservation to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at the Disneyland Resort can also get one by staying at the Disneyland Resort Hotel between May 31st and June 23rd, 2019. Right, so what they're doing because of the popularity is you can't just walk in. No. You know, if it is connected um, to uh, the regular resort and you'll be able to see it, but in order to access it, you need that reservation just so that they can say, like, okay, you know, we're at capacity or we're not at capacity, so forth and so on. I mean, it makes sense for the first couple of months, um, and I imagine that Florida's going to do a very similar process, because, again, you want to make sure that you know how many people are going in, and I th- I'm i hoping this all proves to make it a smoother process, because um, it is going to be popular. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think I even saw somewhere, uh, although I'm not confirming that this came from Disney, but, you know, they were talking about, you know, there's like a four hour cap on your visit for the first period of time. Which I, is smart. Again, because if uh, you want as many people to experience it as possible, but you also want it to be smooth. So I think all in all, that that's what all this is going for. But if you are in that area, Rebecca... Um, and any of our other listeners that are adjacent to Disneyland. We're coming to your house. <laughs> maybe. But uh, definitely um, keep an eye out on this if you're wanting to do that. If not, definitely wait until after June. It sounds like it's going to be uh, a little bit more comfortable after that. But but yeah, there you go. So, But it's getting there. It's getting there. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, that is our news. So uh, we will get on into our interview with Michael now. Don't forget to check the description for those links that, to Jedi Fallen Order, Dooku Lost, all that good stuff that we already mentioned. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Onward! Well, welcome back to Michael Marisi, friend of the show, if we can say that uh, about you. Uh, how things been since we last spoke? Good. Good. They've been busy. You know, we, as you know, we had a, a little event. Uh, Star Wars celebration in between uh, then and now, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, things have been good. How about you guys? Been doing well, staying staying busy, uh, both podcast and, of course, real life stuff and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I, I, I seem to have heard something about uh, the, the Star Wars celebration. I think I wandered yeah. in there 
by happenstance. It's a small independent event. Um, <laughs> right. Very small, very small. Um, but speaking of celebration, how was your experience? Because you were, you were kind of there in dual roles. You were attending, but you were also uh, there for work, really, I guess. Right? You had a panel appearance. Yeah, yeah, I was I was on one panel and I hosted one panel, uh, so there was a little bit of work, uh, but mainly I, I was just there just uh, one one day purely as a fan for my own, you know, fandom for my for my own sake. Uh, another day I was there with uh, with the two boys, uh, where seven and four, and uh, they never intended uh, anything like that ever. Um, so it was a, it was a pretty wild experience. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a interesting experience. It was our first one, and, and you you said last time it was going to be your first one, right? Yeah, yeah. I was um, funny. I had tickets for Florida, which I think was seventeen, mm-hmm. um, and uh, circumstances conspired against me, and I ended up not going. So it's funny because I. I was wearing the lanyard, I had the lanyard, uh, the, the, uh, metal, uh, the, the Battle of Yemen medal. That uh-huh. was, uh, like, special lanyard, so I had those I was, like, wearing and had my clips on. Uh, but, uh, I actually didn't go to the show from which those lanyards, uh, come. Oh. <laughs> but you looked like you did, that's what mattered. Yeah, I had the lanyard, that's what's important, right? <laughs> that, okay. that gave you a celebration cred there. Right, exactly, it looks like I'm important. Uh, uh, so yeah, no, this, this was my first time, uh, first time at celebrations. Uh, I can't believe it took this long, uh, but I'm glad I finally did it. Yeah, well, and and it it definitely helps when it comes to your your part of the neighborhood. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is my backyard. It's a 20 minute trip for me, so uh, so it made it real easy. Uh, although I think I think I'm I'm at least hopeful. That I'll, that I'll be going to uh, Anaheim next year. Oh, nice. We're we're in the air. That's a that's a bit more of a trek than uh, heading up to Chicago for us. So yeah. it it depends. But we the more the more we hear about who is going and and the more we think about what's probably coming in a post uh, episode nine world, <laughs> we're we're starting to think we can make it work. <laughs> you make it sound like yeah. we're getting ready for the apocalypse. The apocalypse of Star Wars, basically. I mean, yeah, it's just—it's no it, it, going to be quite a quite a transition. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm kind of. That's why I kind of want to go because I feel like it's going to be a big um, peek into what's next, right? Uh, which is going to be exciting. Um, and, and, and you know, we're gonna, you know, Anaheim's already parked, you know, right against uh, the Galaxy's Edge, so you you could potentially. That's very true. That's very true. You got you got that. You've got a really kind of uh, you know to take your word traditional uh, celebration. So it could be it could be a nice trip. Yeah. Well, and and that's why you know I mean we were glad that this was our celebration because you know it's. They're leaning heavily into this is the end of the Skywalker saga. This is a very specific point in Star Wars time, and so we're glad that the time we did get to go was at a very special point. But you're right. I mean, next year it's another special point because now 
the book is closed on Star Wars main run as we know it, and so kind of getting a little bit more look at what's next and, and being in that realm, uh, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, it could, be, it could make for a really kind of uh, a different experience uh, in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, speaking of Episode Nine, we got... We got a great look at trailer. Uh, we got some behind-the-scenes stuff from the panel, um, and so many other fantastic things. Were there any big reveals this year that got you excited? Oh man! I mean, I think there was a couple. I mean, obviously, the one that we're all going to gravitate towards, you know, is Kelsey, uh, which is uh, <laughs> I am thrilled. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have the Emperor back in some capacity. Yes, uh, I'm sure we all have our predictions and. and definitely been a part of everything and and when they talked about the whole yeah no, this is gonna bring everything around it's gonna connect to everything Star Wars so far I don't think I expected it to connect that way but yeah. definitely I mean from the excitement of that first reveal it it I like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. one of those yeah, it, yeah. Episodes 7 and 8 are, I think, were such a kind of personal journey for each of the characters that, you know, you mentioned the, the group adventure now. I think that's the, the great next direction is, you know, because all of our Star Wars experiences are individual and communal. So, mm -hmm. like, even though I've had my own journey, part of that has also meant I've connected to so many other people. And so... I think yeah. with our characters, it's that same journey of, all right, I've, I've been finding myself, and now I'm finding myself with this group of friends or family, you know, and, and now it's going to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Just 
And I, and I do agree. I think that's JJ's superpower easily. Um, I, I, it, it's amazing how, how it blends together. Um, aside from Episode 9, uh, did you catch anything about The Mandalorian? Anything there? No, I, uh, I was actually I was home that day, uh, and I was one of the you know, jumps in and home, but I was home for that day. excited for episode 9, but in terms of the next th- best thing, I think The Mandalorian was that for us, because it's probably the newest thing we got out of Celebration, because, you know, Clone Wars is back, and we're familiar with these characters, the new Jedi Fallen Order game looks good, but, you know, we're familiar with Star Wars gaming, but a Star Wars TV show, like you said, that's just unbroken ground, and, and so... I think that had the most mystery around it in in terms of what's this Star Wars going to be like. Yeah, that's a great point. That, that's exactly it, you know. And uh, it's funny because like it was kind of uh, overshadowed by Episode Nine, and it actually should be the biggest landmark in the franchise. Uh, but if you had removed Episode Nine, you really think there'd be more like. Uh, buzz around the idea of a Star Wars TV show, and not only a Star Wars TV show, but like a Star Wars TV show that has this amazing cast, this amazing you know uh, collection of directors who are all doing it, uh, working on it. Um, so um, it kind of existed in the, the, the massive shadow of Episode Nine, but still, uh, still a very, very uh, important thing that we're getting. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad it. It has gotten a lot of attention. I think. I think definitely, if the trailer was more widely spread, I think it would be, you know, really breaking records in terms of stealing the show. But I, I do appreciate that fans aren't, and, and that's what's great about celebration is because there's so much happening. Fans aren't just stuck on one thing. It's not just that. Oh, episode nine is the Star Wars news. It, it's really a spectrum of. Yes, episode nine's great, but you know the Mandalorian trailer or 
any of the other great trailers or, or different things announced and whatnot. Yeah, I'm also very happy that Star Wars fans cannot keep a secret. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars fans cannot keep a secret, and that was my favorite part of Celebration, was oh. getting to see the trailers later. Yeah, 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 I mean, I, we all, I mean, I've seen it, for sure. On <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reddit and all that stuff, uh, I, I definitely captured it, uh, and uh, yeah, it was great. And, I mean, and it's probably true, they probably did hold the trailer back, knowing, like, we'll do a wide release once now the dust settles on first episode nine, and probably now they're waiting for Avengers to kind of cool off a little bit, and that's where everything's headed at right now. Episode one's November twelfth. Um, okay. Which it's it's pretty interesting how back to back Star Wars is going to be because that's November twelfth, November fifteenth is Jedi Fallen Order, and then of course the next month is um, Episode nine. Uh, they haven't. I don't think they gave a date for the new Clone Wars, but I can't imagine it'd be too far after Disney Plus drops. But. It's just, it, it's going to be a, a massive unload of, of Star Wars content for sure. Yeah, yeah, because you're right to say, yeah, they'll have that in 24 to 2020, uh, like winter 2020-ish, I think, the Captain Andor, maybe spring, summer, something around there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a big, you know, good sequence of, sequence of events coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that's part of why I'm glad that they said they're not going to... Uh, drop every episode of The Mandalorian right off the bat, Netflix style, because that'll give time to digest everything. Yeah, I like that model better. I don't, I, I don't like feeling pressured into watching 10 hours of TV um, and then, like, not really even, like, oh, there's my text alert. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, having to, you know, digest that so much so fast and really not... Uh, sitting with it and enjoying it, um, so I'm right. Yeah, because I mean, now with, especially with the podcast, we were thinking of like, so we're definitely going to have to binge it just so that we can cover it like everybody else is covering it, and you know, and so to know that, you no, know, we can actually take our time and enjoy it. That that's nice. Um, yeah, I think that's more better pods. You know, I, I'll watch like, you know. You know, but Netflix shows like drops on Friday and people are viewing it Saturday. It's like, did you really watch ten hours of TV and give it the consideration it deserves? You know, like I mean, you had to have like you had to have just blown through the show, blown through a, like a critical response of it. That's that's a, that's a, ten hours is a lot to take in. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, it's good to give like, give give some digestive time for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, and, and and that's the big. I mean, I've I've binged things before, and I can honestly say that I've missed stuff because of it, or I I just I didn't give things gravity because of it. It's just like okay, next episode, and so I mean, and, and Netflix even judges you now. They're like, are you sure you're still watching this? Are you really still watching this? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, for real. Ten hours. You get fatigued, man. I saw Avengers last night. I was exhausted. Oh gosh. You know? <laughs> man, but. Yeah, when well, and, and yeah, I, we're we're excited for that too because we're gonna go see that next week. So we're we have a 
anxiety-inducing week ahead of us of trying to avoid spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, make sure you do. Um, and so, uh, now last time we talked about Star Wars and Wasted Space and, of course, Black Star Renegades, which we'll come back around to in a minute, but what are some of the other projects you kind of have yourself in right now that uh, maybe our listeners can check out? I was going to say, I, I thought you'd written um, for that before, so that's, because I, th- I thought I'd seen that somewhere. You did, yeah, he just got, and unfortunately just got pushed, uh, just got, couldn't get that approval, so uh, Dynamite couldn't get it out, uh, but now, hmm. we're, now we're on track, I mean, everything's done, we're just now waiting, we're just waiting for the approval and get it all out, but now we'll, every month it'll be out, uh, so we'll, we're on schedule, so a little hiccup, but you know, that happened. Um, so working on, so get working on now, like kind of promoting that and getting the word out on that, uh, ramping up Star Wars, um, and, uh, yeah, the new novel that'll be coming and working on uh, a new novel, which uh, is a little slow going at the moment, but uh, we'll get there. Nice. Now, is the project you can't talk about that horror project that, we mentioned before, uh, like on the last show. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, now I can't remember what I was talking about the last. <laughs> the last <laughs> I was, uh, what was I? It was. It was. It was you and your buddy, and a kind of. It's. It's kind of a universal horror style thing, if I remember correctly. That's understandable. Horror, horror only has one time period of attention in the year, <laughs> and that's fall. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's Definitely good. intentionally hold, hold on to it for that. But it's going along. We're almost, you know, ready. Almost done with the first issue. I mean, illustrated and that, like done, done. Um, and it's, uh, our artist is uh, Jeff Lynch, who's a wonderful and out-of-this-world talent. And uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're chugging away on that, so... Uh, once, once we're set to have it come out, it'll be 
mostly done, which is the way I like to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're we're excited. I mean, we we love. I think we mentioned last time too. I mean, we love horror almost as much as we love Star Wars and sci-fi and whatnot. So when you had started talking about that and teasing that on Twitter and uh, on your, I think it's your blog, um, that kind of that kind of pinged our attention there. Awesome. Well, uh, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. Yeah. Well, that that's hopeful because if you weren't excited, we <laughs> that would change things a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> So with Black Star Renegades, uh, you, we got to talk about that a lot last time, and you definitely were quick uh, then and in other interviews and other great stuff to describe it as Star Wars meets Guardians of the Galaxy kind of book, and that kind of motif has continued with your new novel, We Are Mayhem. Um, and just curious, does, be, does being up front with your inspirations for these stories help with writing them and putting them out there? Yeah, I, I think in this instance, um, for sure. I mean, for writing, uh, I think there's always, um, you know, what Bloom calls like, the anxiety of influence. Uh, anxiety of influence. Um, and I think that's a real thing. I don't really necessarily feel anxiety about it, but I do have a, a awareness uh, of what influence uh, the role it plays in, in my creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are going to be influenced in one way or another, whether you are trying to hold something in, in the, you know, vein or in the spirit of the thing that you're being inspired by, or you're trying to break down the borders of the thing that you're trying to do. You know, there's like, there's J.J. Abrams and there's uh, David Lynch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Two of our favorite people. I need that yeah. collaboration now. <laughs> I don't think the world's well, you know, ready. <laughs> I'm ready. No, I don't know. I definitely don't think JJ uh, Lynch would have much interest <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> in that collaboration. <laughs> uh, as great as JJ is. Um, but, you know, there's the person who, like, we all can see what JJ's working on a project, like what's inspiring and what we're like monster movies, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Lynch uh, is tons of, like, noir and um, uh, mystery and the things that he does are definitely inspired by something but Lynch is mm-hmm. you know, deconstructing it and right. JJ is evolving it and, and homaging it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so with Blackstar and VR Mayhem, those were more like the JJ mold where it's like I'm trying to do something in this vein. I wanted to evolve it a little bit. I wanted to put my own you know, spin on it that made it you know, unique and interesting uh, to me, but I, I definitely, I definitely embrace the things that I love, and I embrace why I, why I just chose. You know, as a writer, you have lots of different paths, lots of different ideas that you can follow, and uh, there's a reason I chose this, and because I love this tradition, I love the story that I wanted to do, and I, I, I wholeheartedly wanted to just acknowledge it and, and be okay with it. And, and, most people have been like, wow, it's like Star Wars, and I don't care, you know, so, um, <laughs> I, I, it, it's been fun to, it's been fun to fully just head on, again, embrace that for what it is, and have fun with it. Definitely. Well, and, and I mean, from, from the right point of view, that, you know, this is like Star Wars is quite a compliment. Yeah. Um, and, and I can definitely say, for me, you know, I was, I was interested 
in your other work, and, and it was, but it was the description and it was the explanations of it's familiar to something I love like Star Wars or like Guardians of the Galaxy and so forth that kind of drop the defenses because I, I am one of those where, where it's like I don't just consume Star Wars content but certainly if it's kind of Star Wars adjacent it does help um, and so I'm much more receptive if I know okay it's going to be like something else I already love so knowing that it dropped my defenses and I was able to go in and it started off like oh yeah I see the similarities and then quickly evolved to all right, now I see the differences, and it's it's great, it's fantastic, and so I I do think, you know, what you mentioned about when you're when you're honest and accepting of what inspired you, I think you're able to create a more bold story because of that. You know, you're not trying too hard to change the formula, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've read books where it's read books or comics or saw movies that's like, oh, this is clearly like this. You yeah. know? Like, we all know it. So, and there's no sense of hiding it. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well, no. And, and I mean, and there's a big difference between, you know, inspiration and recreation and parody, I think. You know, and um, I think in a world that's familiar with parody, we think all inspiration is parody, and that's just not the case. It, it, you know, and Black Star Renegades and We Are Mayhem are a great example of just straight inspiration that leads to its own story. You know, I mean, just because it's like Star Wars doesn't mean that it is beat-for-beat beat Star Wars. I, I never felt that way um, because it quickly develops into its own story, but it definitely has its roots somewhere. Knowing your Robitus and habits, I don't think you and Quentin Tarantino are too far off from each other, if I can say so myself. <laughs> oh, <well played. laughs> I'm just kidding. But, a long way to go. But yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I, we were, I think we, we've stated quite a lot. You know, we, we love uh, Black Star Renegades and being able to pick up uh, We Are Mayhem. I mean, uh, we actually... Uh, you know, you send us an advance copy. We actually started reading We Are Mayhem first and quickly realized there was some missing pieces, and, and so we had to wait for uh, Black Star to arrive. But going from Black Star quickly to Mayhem was a, a really, really great uh, transition, though. Yeah, it, it kind of followed the pattern of Star Wars, and the sequel got darker, which... Is one of my favorite things when, <laughs> when writers do that. Um, so, what was it like writing this continuation, and what did you set out to accomplish with Mayhem? Uh, well, it goes exactly, you know, honestly, to what, what you just said. Um, when I sat down to do it, uh, I, 
point in my, and what I really wanted to do was take the things that, you know, Wexner's not a perfect book, um, and there's things that I would love to change, just things I feel like I got wrong, but that, that, that's natural, but like, there's, I, when I sat down, I was like, well, looking at the things that worked, and looking at things I love most, I wanted to continue, find a way to embrace those things, and, and carry those things over, the fun, and the characters, and, and, and how they interacted, and the, the, the action, which I really, which I really enjoyed uh, writing, and find a way to evolve them, and especially to, to deepen them. Like, you have to like be honest about the story. It's like, well, now they're in a position, they've started a war, uh, and war is a, like a very, obviously, it's both about many, it's a very serious thing. So they're in the midst of this serious thing. So what do they do now, and what does that mean, and how do they, um, how are they gonna respond to everything around them? They still feel about the new case uncertainty, uh, this, this specter of this powerful weapon that they still don't quite know what to do with, uh, Kira's leadership, uh, Kira's own, you know, familial, familial history that gets weaved in and so there's a lot of stuff that gets weaved in that allowed the opportunity that I wanted was to make this a little bit richer of a story in terms of like making it, like you said, a little bit darker, a little bit deeper, and more more complicated. Well, and I think you definitely did that, and in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in all the right ways, um, and and I think that it can kind of be an understatement to just say that it got darker, because I think I th I think we just assumed that that means you know people die, things go wrong, and whatnot. But it you know it really also encapsulates the fact that. The first story is it being such an introduction, you don't get to the deep stuff, and the next part of the story is where that tends to take place, and and that's what that's what happened in Mayhem, and and it was this really interesting blend of it still felt like everything that made Black Star fun, but it also made sure that the fun wasn't always the only point of the story, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that Blackstar was definitely big on fun, you know, and intentionally, and, and, I'm, and I'm cool with that, but uh, you can't do that every time. You can't go to the same well uh, every time you set out. Right. Well, and, I mean, and that's what I love about, um, just to talk about, I, I love Wasted Space, and I keep recommending that to people just because the the how hard I fell in love with that story um, is just continually surprising to me because, you know, I, I normally, unless it's Star Wars, like I said, it just, it doesn't hit me that way. But when, as soon as I started reading Wasted Space, it, j I was just enthralled in it. And I think a big thing I love about it is that amazing blend of its really harsh, uh, cynicism and criticism mixed in with, very hilarious and balls to the walls humor and it's just it's this wonderful medley of a story and I think that I, I I think that you having a novel if I you know just from my perspective I think you having a novel to expand that sort of writing style I think that's kind of what I see similar here between Black Star and Mayhem is doing the same thing but on a much bigger scale well, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you reading it. I appreciate you saying that. 
processing all that's happening, like you said, without without it just being a, a moralistic life lesson, you know, it it's grittier and more real, I think, and I think that's the attraction uh, to it, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always better, sorry, go ahead, no, no, oh, no you're, go you're good. Uh, I was going to say, it's always better, you know, where you find contrast, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's what I really like, you know, mayhem is about the wrong people trying to do process for setting out to do that because you know I'm I'm not a writer so I don't know but I have to imagine that writing a start and kind of that first part of a story is uh, a lot different than writing the middle chapter or it or the continuation of it um, so what was your process for approaching that how to do what I do best, and when you figure that out, you want to front-load that. 
uh, because you you want to like like a movie, like a comic, whatever you want to grab people from the start. So right. you do what you do best at the beginning. So for me, it was like, okay, well, we're gonna start with action. We're gonna start with people doing stuff, having fun, doing it, add some weight to it as you go. Um, so that was the entry point of how you do, you know, developing the, the world and the story was like we start at this point. We start where um, I'm doing what I'm most comfortable with, what I'm best at, and we, we hit the ground running, we go from there. Um, and the other thing, the best thing that I decided to do for the, developing the, the world and the story was splitting the, um, splitting the narrative point of view uh, between Kate and Kira. Mm. Um, she was my, she is my favorite character. She became it over the course of the first book. Uh, and I actually did have chapters that were told from her point of view in the first book, but they just, they just didn't work. Wow. Uh, so I, those were all, I had to be cut at very late uh, in the book's um, editing process. Um, so those didn't make it. But for the second book, I really was determined to do it, and I wanted to do it um, in a, a few peppered out, uh, peppered within the text, uh, where this one I wanted to be a true uh, split narration, uh, and that really opened up the doors to, like, you know, Kate and Kira don't see things the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting both of their perspectives and how they see things, how they how they understand things, how they react to things, uh, really was able to expand how the story looks, you know, the tapestry of it all looks and feels, because you have very two different people um, going through, uh, weaving their way through the, through the story, and that really, I think, was what, I, I'm, I'm very glad that I did that. One of the best decisions I've made uh, uh, for that book. Definitely. Well, and I, I, I love Kira, and I, her parts of the story are both my favorite, but also the ones that like it hurts to read, <laughs> um, just because of 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 where her journey takes her in this one, and um, yeah, I think that was uh, the most interesting part is splitting off and just leaning into both of their perspectives. But I could definitely say Kira, I think, took off. Uh, with me uh, a little bit more in my reading, for sure. Oh, it's great to hear. I'm glad. Cause, I mean, that's... I definitely had the most fun with her. I definitely had the most, I feel like, interesting thing. She, she just kind of... Sometimes things take out a life of their own. Uh, for It's always a good thing. And she was one that definitely um, definitely did that. And it's been, it was cool to see her, her character evolve and do, do, some, uh, do some interesting things. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, we we could probably spend a, a whole another hour just praising this book and the series and your work. But and we will. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, well, um, but uh, yeah. On 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 a closing note, just uh, again, hopefully this. Sh- this episode and our last episode that our big thing was wanting to convince people like as great as your Star Wars stuff is your personal work is amazing as well which it's all personal but you know when it's taken off of the banner the big famous banner of Star Wars um, your work is still amazing it still speaks volumes and still does great things Um, and so we really hope that this helps convince uh, some of our listeners uh, to check out uh, your other work, especially Black Star Renegades, We Are Mayhem, and my personal recommendation, of course, is Wasted Space. But um, 
and and certainly from the response we got on Twitter, people are interested in checking out your work. So yeah. And yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. Sorry, I cut you off. Sorry about that. You're fine, hon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have two copies of this amazing book to give away. Yes, we do. Um, and so, Michael, what we were thinking of doing to have uh, you involved in this process of the giveaway, um, we have everyone's names uh, who entered, and we have them um, randomized and each assigned to a number. So, uh, we're going to have you pick a nu one number at a time, and we'll announce who the lucky winners are of We Are Mayhem. So... Okay. If you want to go ahead and pick a number between 1 and 15. Alright, I'm going to say 3. Okay, number 3. So that's Josh Cruz at Josh Cruz Really on Twitter. So awesome sauce, Josh, uh, for that. And then one more for us, Michael. I'll do 7. Uh, and Michael Johnson at Volley Dog on Twitter. Awesome sauce. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and so these guys, um, you, by the time this goes up, you'll have a message from us on Twitter to get your information to get you those awesome books. But to everyone else that entered, thank you for entering. Um, but uh, all hope is not lost because we'll have a link in our episode to Amazon where you can uh, pick up this great book for yourself as well. And we, I mean, can't recommend it enough. I mean, it's been our favorite newest addition to the bookshelf, so... You already made us cry with with reading mayhem. Don't make us cry again. Um, oh. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, uh, thank you so much to, to for being willing to come on our little podcast. We appreciate you, and obviously, we we love your work. And so, to be able to uh, just chat with you about it is is great. But to be able to share it with other people uh, is a whole another fantastic level to that. Um, and we'll have to, uh, we missed you at Celebration, but we will definitely have to pop up to Chicago again and, and uh, get together for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, if you have a plan, please let me know. Great, that's okay. awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for, for stopping, well, you didn't stop by. Thank you so much for talking to us, Yes. <laughs> thank you so much to the cellular service that made this right possible. <laughs> um, so, well, but... We'll let you get back to uh, your journey, uh, your your drive, and, and hope that you arrive safe and sound so that you yes. can uh, uh, continue to create awesome stories. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a wonderful little positive podcast. Uh, always, we need as many as there, there can be, and you guys do a great job, and uh, it's it definitely appreciated. Oh, thank you so much. All right, guys. It's that time again, that magical, magical time where we answer questions and ask you questions. And, we and just... introduce it awkwardly. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm tired. Um, so, first off, we asked you guys, what is uh, a scene in Star Wars that has made you the most emotional? Mm -hmm. Which, oh boy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. You guys had some great answers. Um, 
Jim Capron made a great thread about the ending of ending scene of Rogue One. Uh, just a little bit of that. Um, this probably goes without saying, but Jen's sacrifice always hits me the hardest. It's hard not to be impacted when you see so much of yourself in the character and understand what they're going through psychologically and emotionally. Yeah, I, I really recommend... Jim does great threads, especially does. when it involves Rogue One, but um, <laughs> I definitely recommend checking all of that out. Um, I, yeah, Rogue One is one I expected to enjoy, but did not expect to be so emotional, and there's several moments in there. Mm -hmm. um, I always particularly mention the Stardust scene when she views Galen's message and everything, uh, but definitely, yeah, when you see the culmination of all of it. it yeah. Rogue One is emotional. Oh yeah, incredibly so. Um, ben Brophy said, For me, it's Han Solo's death. My father and I didn't speak for several years, and I just started again when uh, The Force Awakens came out. Han reminded me of my dad, so them talking after years apart, but then Ben kills Han, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, I... Reading this one, I got a little... <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah. And, you know, and we weren't necessarily asking for... I mean emotional in any sense of the word yeah but um certainly star wars is great about bringing in those real life tragic moments sometimes and, and just those moments where you you're vulnerably identified in a yeah. moment or in a scene uh and i can understand um you know the impact this one has because you know and i think there's several of those moments in star wars where it's just it it either teaches you how to deal with something or it teaches you how you should deal with uh, something, you know, ahead or behind you, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, it can, it can teach us a lot about ourselves and our world and our experiences and so forth and so on, so. Yeah. Uh, postcards from Galaxy's Edge said, for me, it's the, the something inside me has always been there monologue that Ray gives. Uh, as someone who has dealt with coming out as bi and also dealing with a disability, that makes you different. Daisy's acting was on point, and I saw me through her in that scene. Yeah, another one. Fantastic. Wow, and, and thank yeah. you for sharing. I, thank thanks, you so everybody, much. for sharing and being vulnerable with that. Um, yeah. But definitely, I, I love the sentiment where Ray recognizes that she's not been who she's supposed to be, mm -hmm. and she finally feels that door opening. Yeah. And, and you know, her, her reaching out of, I need someone to show me my place. I need someone to walk with me in this. And, you yeah. know, that's what's so great about the Star Wars journey is when it reveals things about you, it, you know, you you begin this great journey with other fans who also see themselves in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, it, it's so great that Star Wars was able to help you be you. Yeah. And, and to be okay with that and to be okay to share that, too. Yeah. And, I mean, I think this goes without saying for us, but, like, if you have ever felt like you cannot be yourself because of, you know, a disability you may have, someone, the, the people that you love, mm -hmm. or, you know, just stuff like that. Just for being you. Just who you are. There's nothing to be afraid of with us, at mm -hmm. least. Like, there's no way if you, like, talk to us, we're never going to judge you. We're never going to be like, oh... How dare you? Unless get out you of kicked a fandom. puppy. Unless you kicked a puppy, then get out of my house. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I made the joke to John the other day. Like, if I find out that any of our listeners have, like, been kicked out of their house because of 
stupid things like, you know, who they love and stuff like that. I'm your mom now. <laughs> That's why you're the herd mom. That's why I'm the herd mom. Um, yeah, I mean, no one should have to feel that way. And the great yeah. thing about, you know, this little Star Wars community that we have and so many other people have yeah. now is the recognition of, like, you, you, there are people that will accept you and love you yeah. and so forth. And, and we're yeah. two of them. So. And if you need to hear this today, just know you are loved, you are valid, and you are beautiful. And if you need to hear this today... I didn't need to hear that, and I don't, I don't think Someone I out there needed to. Um, if you value your teeth, please don't do that again. <laughs> eat your teeth. Uh, but, so, that transition leads us... More. That transition leads us to uh, what? You, so our answers, your answers. Yes, I was trying to joke so I didn't get emotional. <laughs> um, I think the most visceral emotional reaction was. Um, it's gonna take me a minute to get through. This. Um, the last Jedi, the last scene with Luke. Mm-hmm. That feeling of. You know, no one's ever really going. Mm-hmm. They're always somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go. <laughs> Speak over my tears. Um, like, uh, for for a long time, it, it had been, you know, that, that twin sunset scene. And I associate the episode four with the episode eight scene. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, parallel. And... You know, so for a very, very long time, that was the moment where I felt the most in Star Wars and I could identify the most with a, an emotional moment. It's, it's simple because it's nothing really going on. It's just, it's just yeah. a dreamer looking at the stars. And, but I, I, it's that wonder that I identified with that I was constantly growing up looking past my current circumstances and situations, wanting more and wanting better. And a lot of times I felt like I couldn't live that or I couldn't get to that. And, you know, and then to have it come back to, you know, episode eight where it's like, I have lived that. I thought I let it down, but here I am again looking to the stars into what I could be and I got to be that in the end. Look, yeah. it's 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 just great for me. I, I, I love that and it's going to always be one of my favorite Star Wars moments. But, you know, um, more recently... A, a, a scene in a moment that just I kind of react differently to than I ever have. Um, I mean, 17 years, pretty much, I'd always seen <laughs> a scene the way it was, and now it's a little different for me, and it's when um, Anakin's mom dies. You know, for years that had just been that moment where it's just like, you know, wow, this is a tragic moment for a character I love. And whatnot, and but seeing yourself in that moment um, after losing my mom, you know, it reads completely different. Yeah. And I can say I understand his reaction. Um, if anything, I wish I could have his reaction. I can't attack anything. I can't cut the head off of what killed my mom. I, you know, there, there's not something I can put my emotions onto. And so that scene's kind of been a weird processing for yeah. me since that moment. And, and it's helped me to recognize, you know, oh, I want to attach my emotions to something and I can't do that. 
and it, and so it's forced me to face the emotions, the depression, the grief, and all that other stuff. And so it, Star Wars helped me grieve, and um, it's crazy because again, I'd never seen that moment like that. Um, yeah. And so yeah, and it, and it's been that way every time. It constantly makes me go to myself and say, you know, how am I dealing with this? You know, because ultimately the way Anakin deals with it isn't healthy and it's not right. Yeah. And me wanting to have that reaction, while understandable, is also not right. I, I had to deal with stuff. Mm -hmm. And every time I think of that scene and see that scene and think of that relationship he had with his mom, I think of how I need to process things going on with myself a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, for people, <laughs> I, I hope nobody gets tired of... I, 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 mention, I know I mentioned that point in my life a lot. It, you know, it, it was a significant change for the way I am me you know so I hope people don't aren't bothered by the fact yeah. that I come back to that but it's just there was a very big shift in my life when that event happened and so a lot of things in terms of my current character are traced back to yeah. that moment so um, I don't mean to keep bringing it up it's just it, it was a very impactful moment I mean yeah and I'll say um, a moment in Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. You what? You introduced me to Clone it. Wars I, was I, the worst thing you've ever I done. I never to me. forced you to watch anything. <laughs> yes, you did. You you had, you made a podcast about it. Um, <laughs> the moment where Shmi comes back in the Mortis arc. Well, it's not Shmi, right? But like that was such a gut punch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and. And it's that same thing, though, where it's like, you know, again, having seen that since, um, yeah. that big change, it's, it's and another... it was fairly recent after it happened. Yeah, it's an, it's another one of those moments where it's like, am I, am I going to let the memory and grief around my mother dominate me like Anakin did in that moment with the son? Because that's what the yeah. son's doing. He's manipulating yeah. that moment. And, and every time that I would hatefully grieve over the loss that's what I was letting happen you know I mean and I, here's the thing yes I know it's all fake and in space but Star Wars continually for me and for so many people helps us see ourselves and see yeah. the world around us and so I'm not sharing this to say like I actually believe in all this other stuff it's just that it's a way for me to process and so you know every time that I slipped into that emotional response I was kind of letting the dark side twist that moment, you know, that yeah. figuratively speaking. And so I, that's what I say. I continually have to come back to that point of grieving properly and, and in the yeah. way that Yoda talks about in terms of, you know, mourn them, do not miss them, do not celebrate the ones that go on to be one with the force and so forth. And that that's healthy grieving. Yeah. You know, not going and slaughtering a village of people and, and so forth and so on. So, yeah. And leaning into the arms of Star Wars. Oh, gosh, Which sounds yeah. cheesy, but, like... No, we wouldn't have this podcast if it weren't for that moment. And I'm not saying, thank goodness it yeah. happened, because now we have a great podcast. But, no, it's just yeah. that we, we had a point in time where it was like, we need something to make us happy. We need something to bring joy. And nothing quite brought joy. Like, Star Wars had always been a special family thing. And so, in a way, this is a part of healthily grieving and celebrating um you know mom and, and and star wars all in one because yeah you know that that star wars was such a central piece <laughs> to our relationship 
Uh, and so, even though she couldn't name, she didn't understand characters. anything. She could only she could, she couldn't even name Kit Fisto, even though she loved him. She called him Smiley, and she only liked Mace Windu because of the purple lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, it was funny, but, but yeah, I mean, and you know, she didn't know everything and didn't didn't get everything, and sometimes she would just you know nod and smile and yeah, you know, not get it, but. Yeah. Star Wars was always there. Every, whenever I think of me, so many memories I have with my mother, I think of Star Wars. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a part of those memories. And so, you know, when we thought about, like, we need to do something, yeah, the podcast is what came out of that. And being able to celebrate Star Wars on a regular basis with this podcast mm-hmm. has helped bring a lot of joy to my life, to our life, you know, and... It's one of those things where we have a terrible day at work and we come and record and all of a sudden our day is better. Yeah. You know, or we're just frustrated with the direction of the world and whatnot, but then we sit down and talk about Star Wars. And we're not ignoring life and its problems, but Star Wars, again, is helping us process those things. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, Star Wars is amazing. And that's why, yes, it is fake in, in space and we should always keep that perspective when, you know, addressing yeah. it. Like, it's not the thing but it's also a special thing too you know and that's important to remember as well and that's why community is so important exactly um so hopefully hopefully we didn't drag anyone (laughs) through emotional turmoil with this question we were just again we were just asking in general with because you know the idea was at celebration we were emotional every day you were incredibly there was just so much going on and going on around us that was just wow and you know we wanted to hear what are other times when that's happened to you? And and I'm sure we could hear so many other stories um, of here's how Star Wars hit me right in the feels. Um, but so, again, thank you so yeah. much to those that were vulnerable and shared and were honest with that. And yeah. thanks for listening to our rambles. Yeah. <laughs> and please feel free to continue to send us these. Yeah, just because the Q&A is done and recorded doesn't mean you have to stop. Yeah. Uh, that's why we have social media. We want to talk at you. Um, Pencil Productions asked us, why was Boba Fett so incompetent in Revenge of the Jedi? Or Return of the Jedi. Oh, going... Going pre-production title there. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So, was he A, high, drunk, or just been on Jabba's party boat? I I love that that's an option. I'm just going to say that. You know, they got drink droids everywhere. Exactly. He couldn't help himself. Yeah. Uh, he's, He's always like that and only got to go where he was through luck taking credit for other successes, and having a don't-get-in-his-way reputation. So basically it was all, like, fluff and reputation. Yeah. And he was just unlucky that day. So, so, he is, so to clarify, he's asking, was he higher drunk, always, uh, that bad and just faked it, or was he just having a bad day? Yeah. Let's take this one by one. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he's asking which one we think. Um... I I I mentioned it on Twitter when he brought up this question. Uh, Michael Morisi, who we interviewed mm-hmm. earlier, did a fan comic a while back, and it's um, a galaxy far, far away, or, uh, um, stories from far, far away, and uh, in that he addresses why Boba Fett sucked. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it because I want people to go read Please that. Please read it. It's but, so funny. Uh, I will just say that I love that answer. Yeah. But it's not a real answer. I think, I think he was just unlucky that day. 
I mean, like, there's so many things that can throw you off your rhythm. Maybe he was hungry. He had, he just needed a Snickers or, like, a Lara bar or something. Right. Maybe he just, like, he wasn't wearing his contacts. <laughs> um, now, I mean, you know, one thing I've thought of recently that has kind of changed that scene is just remembering how impactful Jedi were to young Boba. Yeah. And, and um, think. It, it it was after we rewatched that for the Clone Wars where I was like, ah. wait a minute, maybe he was. I mean, because you saw it that Just whole like time. Blind rage. Right. So normally we associate Boba with Han, like that's his white whale thing, and it's just like if he's distracted, it should be for Han, right? Why is he going after Luke? But like as soon as he sees the lightsaber, he's like, eh! right? Yeah, I think Papa. there. I think there was a moment of like. I'm going to get this Jedi, and I think that threw him off his game. I think he was distracted by that. Um, at the end of the day... But that's the boring makes sense answer. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, George Lucas has just said, like, he didn't think he was popular, and just under... No, really, he just didn't... He underestimated Boba Fett and was just like, I really didn't think people were going to have a reaction to that. Wow. That That's George. the that's the real-life answer, but... Jeez yeah, I, I, I think if we had to put it anyway, I think he was just unlucky... Because um, I think they've done well to prove, like, yeah, he does have some talent. He is, oh, yeah. he he is it, at it, and I don't know. I think it's pretty hard to get drunk with that helmet, but he could be hot boxing in there. He could um, be. He could be indeed. Oh man, what if he has like a vape set oh. up in his helmet? <laughs> Where um, you just like <laughs> there you go. It's they're on the the executor and like. Darth Vader's just like no disintegrations. And Whatever, like, dude. As you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Vape. Um, but yeah, I think the easy answer is yeah. He was just unlucky that day. Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I love the middle of that title. <laughs> yeah, just, you hear me say it often, so it, I it's, do, and I giggle every time. Um, I do want. I, I want to go ahead and just say though, um, they're a new podcast, and they just put out their first episode, and it's pretty fantastic. Listen Highly to recommend it. it. Yeah. Um, we appreciate those guys. It was a lot of fun listening um, to them while we were traveling earlier this week. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But they asked, what? Yeah, what did they ask? Uh, what cameos do you want to see and do you expect us to see in The Mandalorian? Ooh, good ones. There's got to be at least one mention of Boba Fett. If just a mention. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You asked what do we want and we're going to have the fan answer of, and the dream of... Just a call out to Boba mm-hmm. would be nice. Even if it's just... I mean, we know we see in the trailer he's scuffling with some other what look to be Mandalorians. Yeah. Even if it's just a mention of, like, you're no Boba Fett or... Just, something like that. So, just something that acknowledges Boba Fett's existence at yeah. this point in the story it's, would be nice. It's five years after. Reven- uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. I, I, don't, know what it, I don't know what it is with you in the, the pre-production title there. I'm just feeling the vengeance today. I don't know what it is. Mm. Um, Interesting. It, where it's not been canonically stated that Boba Fett's alive. Yeah, it's never it's, outright stated. But he's not outright stated yes. he's dead either. Although there is a little excerpt from a book. Where Aftermath, they're like, yeah. Yeah. They're just like, uh, some... Acid burned Mandalorian armor. Yeah, showed up at a shop in Tatooine. Yeah, like um, he could. I mean, it had to get out somewhere. Exactly. Like, how do they get it out of the Sarlacc? Unless, like, the Sarlacc I mean, does like an not. owl pellet. <laughs> well, I mean, unless it's not, but yeah, could just be Mandalorian armor. Yeah, 
I mean, they ran at, to a xenomorph. At the end of the day, our hope and dream is Boba Fett, but yeah. a more realistic and possible answer. Do you have one? I am never realistic, John, or possible. <laughs> you're just a figment of my imagination. Yes. That's why you're so fantastic. <laughs> um, that was gross. I love you. I love you. Uh, I mean, I was hoping for IG-88, but apparently it's not IG-88. So apparently. In that, in that vein, though, it was also rumored Bosk, and that got me kind of excited. So hopefully, even though IG-88 turned out to be IG-11, maybe yeah, Bosk will still show up. What if that's the mention of Boba Fett? Is like Boss just pulls out a little heart-shaped locket, <laughs> and it's just like, oh. my boy, my little boy, he oh grew up to goodness. be such a good bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go, Boss. Yeah. Uh, so fan answer Boba Fett, but if not Boba, then give us some Boss. Give me any bounty hunter for Pete's sake. True. Just like, I want. Ooh, more Ambo would be fun. Ambo would be so thing. fun. Embo is basically immortal. <laughs> What's funny, though, is, I mean, with Dave Filoni involved, I wouldn't put it past I just realized that that's a possibility. Oh, uh, my yeah, gosh. That'd be interesting. Who would you want to play Embo? Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Doug Jones. Oh, he would be so great. Because, I mean, Embo's very athletically thin. Yes. Uh, and whatnot, but also very tall, I feel like. Yeah. Doug would be cool. Also, Doug in Star Wars would be nice. Oh, yeah. He's already in Star Trek. He could just, like, oh. My gosh. If not Doug Jones, maybe uh, John Botet, who played uh, uh, The Crooked Man. He played Mama. He played a lot of stuff. He played The Nun. Okay, I could see it a little bit, but he's mm-hmm. also extra thin, though, in my opinion. Yeah. I think, I, we, like, he may, I, you know, Doug Jones is thin, but, like. Yeah. I, if you guys couldn't tell, we're big fans of, like, people behind the yeah, mask. Yeah, we, we, love, we love that. So. Yeah, Doug Jones and Andy Serkis, two of my favorite actors. Well, Scarif Scuttle, but hopefully you got your answer out of that Sorry. mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, postcards from the Galaxy's Edge asked, With the tease of Palpatine's return, how can our heroes possibly defeat him if he can cheat death? Like, what can they do differently to finish what Anakin slash Vader started? Well, we've seen throwing him over a railing is pretty effective. <laughs> Very true. He, he at least it takes only thirty years to come back. So man, as long can as I just say, as long as someone's there yeah. every thirty years, so when he pops up, they just push him back in. Exactly. <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars. I'm not even gonna call it a fight scene because it's just him picking him up over his head and right. throwing him over a railing. Like I, I've said before, I love. Uh, I love it when we get a scene of, like, a magic user in some films, a Jedi in other films, just, like, throw down their weapon and just beat the crap out of someone. Right, yeah. I love that. Yeah, they it's like they remember they have actual fists. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. your answer, though? I don't know, Ghostbusters? <laughs> just get Dan Aykroyd in there. And Fred No Ghost. Or Palpatine. He's old. Uh, well, it depends on how you believe he returned, which goes to the next question, if you want to go ahead and do that. I included these two together because I feel yeah. like they go together. Game Infinite asked, how does Palpatine return? Is Ray's lightsaber a new one that she built, or did she fix Luke's? Oh, well, I forgot oh. that was a two-parter. Yes. Um, I think it's very clearly Luke's, but definitely modified. Yes. 
Um, we were hoping for a double-sided. Doesn't look like. Yeah, it. it looked like she forged that back together and whatnot. So there's that. But so, but the the how does Palpatine return? Also, thanks, Jesse, for the question. Yeah. Um, I want to hear your thoughts first. If I'm not going to do, you know, the fun goof-em-ups answer that I usually do, I'm going to say I think it's either a holocron because... <laughs> she likes no? that answer. Okay, yeah. I think it's either a holocron because Sith cannot have Force ghosts. That has been stated explicitly many, many times. I think it will be a projection of Palpatine either, you know, either literally in mm -hmm. a holocron or a hologram. It might be, you know, Ray might touch something. Mm -hmm. Like, she finds a cloak, picks it up, puts it on. She thinks, ooh, I look good. Um, so sort just, of like a, she finds a, black a vision kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Or, so, like, she hears a legend. Right, okay. Know. So, you automatically negate Postcard's question... But because you don't think that they're going to have to deal with Palpatine. You think that Palpatine just makes an appearance? It's one of those things, like, I don't want to get excited about one central thing. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I mean, you, yeah. know, we, you know, we also try and recommend people speculate responsibly. But yeah. it doesn't mean don't speculate, just speculate responsibly. Yeah, So just remember that we are not the ones writing the story. There are other people. Right, uh, because what we don't want to do is get disappointed when our way isn't the way. But yeah. So, to answer Jesse's question, Game Infinite, you, you think he returns simply by insertion of a vision or a holocron or something like that, which means that you don't think our heroes have to deal with him so much as just yeah. listen to his weird stories. But at the end of the day, <laughs> there's been multiple stories of cloning in Star Wars. It happened uh, in Legends. Shh. Like, that's how we got Luke. Um, it... I don't I don't personally think that it's going to be a clone. But at the end of the day, Palpatine not only had a plan B for the mm -hmm. empire, he plan he had plan B through like a couple of numbers at the end <laughs> of the alphabet. Just like I like that. The dude had, you know, contingency plan after contingency plan. So it would not surprise me if he Voldemort like stored away some part of himself. Interesting. So that leads me to my Ray point. finds his Horcrux. Um, that, so, to sum up again, so, you think Vision, uh... Horcrux. Horcrux. You, you, but you don't think it's <laughs> actually Palpatine. Mo like, what's your prevailing thought? Is it or isn't it? It would be a surprise, but a welcome one. That's not an answer. Exactly. I'm a politician. Is it or isn't it actually him? What's your prevailing thought? It's not. Okay, so you so you're yeah. although you consider that it actually is, your main thought is that it's like a holocron or vision or something like that. Cuz my only you know my biggest thing with that is that Ian McDermott said that the laugh at the end of the trailer was not new footage. No, he did say that. He did? Yeah. He said he he said that, you know, that was a separate recorder. That was new audio. I thought you said... No. no. I, what I'd said was that it is new audio. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, that's not how this works. Uh, <laughs> Make me sound smart. 
I mean, just because it is or isn't doesn't mean anything. I mean, yeah. because if it's a holocron, it could still be new. I don't know. Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll just leave you alone then. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> leave me to die in the wastes of Tatooine. This got so much more drawn out than I expected it would be. So, But um, to kind of quickly sum up what I think... Um, a couple of people, uh, including uh, the folks over at Force Center, had thrown around a little bit of an idea that I really like and would be interested in, and for the most part of what we know right now, it kind of makes sense to me. Um, there is, I think it's, um, oh, what what's the guy's name? It's, it's not, is it Richard Grant? It's something Grant, it's some other actor person that's involved in this we didn't see anything about. I don't know. I know it's not Hugh Grant, but it's something Grant. Um, Grant. We don't know anything about his um, character yet. Mm -hmm. Nothing's come out about that. Uh, and so what if he turns out to be a cultish dark acolyte that uses Sith alchemy to, in some way... Uh, bring out Sidious's spirit. So it's not Sidious, but it is a haunting situation where it's like... Kind of like Darth Momin. Like Darth Momin, like Darth Bane, where it's not him, but it's his essence. So it's not like it's... It's not like it's a Palpatine that's currently uh, existing and can exist further. It's Palpatine up to a point. Mm. So it's like maybe they found his found his holocron, maybe they found his robe, and yeah. using Sith alchemy, which we know Palpatine was tied to, we see that in Rebels. And so what if, using that, they resurrect his essence, in a way? I know, I know the answer. They found his bones at the bottom of the shaft, <laughs> they took him to Ludlow, Maine, and they buried him in the pet cemetery. Uh, sure. Dead is better, John. <laughs> Dead is better. Um... <laughs> I don't think his remain yet. his remains would remain after that explosion, though. I don't know. I think he was well pickled. But you know, but but speaking of that scene, that but, but people bring up like that's not a normal way to die. Like no. there's some, you know, you can you can imagine like oh, is that some Ghosty sort of boy. radiative reaction to a human body being inserted into a core, or is that more spiritual? Hmm. So people, uh, again, there's a lot of thoughts being shared around that it's just like. I could get on board with this. I could yeah. get on board with a Sith acolyte resurrecting his spiritual essence in some way. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, I think it would be a matter of, much like with Horcruxes, destroying whatever the source of his essence is. If that is his holocron, is that something like that? But I think basically... Some I slippers. I like the idea of some dark side acolytes being like, oh, the greater evil's gone, let's bring back our emperor now kind of thing. I think it'd be interesting. I could accept it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that is what's happening. I'm not saying that that's what I believe is definitely uh, the case. It's just, it's a theory that I like, and one I'm going with until I learn a little bit more, so mm. um, that's my idea. And it's not even my idea. I'm just saying that I like someone else's idea. Um, I can't remember if it started with Force Center or if they got it from somewhere else as well, but yeah, I like that idea. If any of that makes sense. Yes, it did. Uh, the Death Star was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. How about that? Mm -hmm. 
Now I do like <laughs> I do like postcards mention of you know what can they do to finish what Anakin and Vader started. I think that's an interesting way to read a line. Yeah. You know, because Kylo is like you know I'll finish what you started. Yeah. What if that's part of what brings him around? Like, what if that's what pulls him to helping our heroes is recognizing what Vader started was killing evil. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I, you know, again, we, you know, we think about these questions a little bit, but for the most part, we do it on the spot. So, uh, and boy, it w- those were big questions, uh, this week because it got us talking a good bit. But, um, thank you guys to, uh, that did submit, um, questions and, Again, if you uh, submitted multiple questions and didn't see them here, just know that they will be going on to future episodes, um, just because otherwise we could have had a really long episode today. Um, But thank you so much for sending those in. We always appreciate that. And let us know, um, you guys out there listening, let us know your answers, because we we think these are some interesting conversations to have and would like to share them with you. So there you go. Uh, But as far as announcements before we close, uh, YouTube, make sure that you are uh, subscribed and checking out our YouTube channel on a regular basis. We've been putting up more stuff, and more stuff is coming, um, and we want that uh, to get delivered directly to you, so check that out. Our latest thing is our first comic review episode is up. It's a series where each week we will look at uh, different Star Wars comics, and we started with the first volume of the Star Wars main run. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. We already know a bit of how we're going to change it by the next episode, so just be aware of that. But we do still want your feedback. Let us know how we can do that uh, differently or better if you can think of any ways. Um, but hopefully you enjoy that. Whether you've already read the comics or are journeying alongside us uh, for the first time reading them, um, either way, hopefully you enjoy that. We have a breakdown of uh, Rise of Skywalker up, Mandalorian is going up this weekend, and Jedi Fallen Order should be going up soon after that, so continue to look out for those things. We have a Master and Apprentice review going up, and we want to say a big special thank you to QMPRO, or QMPRO Productions for our awesome new uh, title. So um, he created a great new title sequence for us for our YouTube videos, and we love it, and uh, hopefully you guys do as well. You can uh, check him out at, at ProperQMPROMC on Twitter and uh, check out his awesome other stuff and just follow him. Uh, really great guy. And we also want to say thank you to Megan Rickards who also worked with us on um, trying to set up an intro. That didn't quite go anywhere, but uh, the better thing to come out of that was that we set up an interview with her. Uh, and so as we're looking ahead to the next quarter of the year and podcasting. Uh, Megan is one who we are excited to interview and share her Star Wars journey uh, with you guys and so many others. We've got quite a few interviews down the road, but uh, you can check her out, uh, check out her blog for Future of the Force and also Author Girl 28 on WordPress. She has a lot of great uh, reviews and perspective and we always enjoy reading her blogs and so we look forward to chatting with her uh, in the future of Nerd Herder. Yeah. Also, uh, Patreon. We like to talk about Patreon a lot. And we want to say a special thank you to Rebecca Diaz and now Jim Capron. Thank Thank you you. so much, uh, Jim, for joining us on Patreon. And thank you and Rebecca for uh, your amazing support and helping us do what we do. Uh, We really, really, really appreciate that. Um, We will be doing a new early access episode going up this Sunday. Ten things we love about A New Hope. 
So that's a, a series that we do um, regularly over on YouTube, but patrons get it a month in advance. So if you'd like uh, that bonus content and some other goodies, then uh, head over to our Patreon to see how you can uh, support the show, get rewarded for it, and all that good stuff. As we mentioned, we're looking ahead to Season 3 of the show. It kicks off May 6th, and uh, with that, May 8th, we're actually having a special episode because we are interviewing Kevin Scott, author of uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, several other Star Wars comics, and many more. Um, he's awesome and has agreed to show up on the show, and we're excited about that. So we're kicking off Season 3 strong with that. And we have, like I said, an interview with Megan Rickards and a few other great fans and creators. And we're just looking forward to what the next three months of shows are going to look like. In the meantime, though, guys, this has been our show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Stay scruffy, and may the Force be with you.